Um, yeah, so Vossi is going to join us very shortly. He's got plenty of commitments, as you would understand, this morning. And he's just, we're being told, getting back to his uh, his hotel room now. But uh, I've seen a photo of him <laughs> doing the tour and stuff, standing outside these massive hotels. Uh, what did someone, there was, a, was it you saying yesterday, 5,000 rooms in some of these hotels. In the MGM Grand. Crazy. And I think they've extended right. it out the back more now. So, so yeah, massive. Yeah. Massive. And, and Vossi, how much does he love touring? Oh, you know, when the England, the World Cup, the Rugby League World Cup was on, he was everywhere. Yeah, I know. And did a fantastic job. Vossi, uh, good morning to you, mate. Good morning, Pat. Heels, are you there? We're here and you're there as well. How is it, mate? Uh, well, I'm actually, like, I feel like I'm on a set of a movie at the moment. I'm, I've just walked out from inside the Bellagio. Can I, can I tell you, when you were trying to get in touch with me, I was actually at the Bellagio Buffet. <laughs> <laughs> You've got to do that, so I did that. And then I, to get out of the Bellagio Buffet, I've had to walk all through the casino like I was in Ocean's Eleven, like I'm Brad Pitt walking through the middle. Um, and so I, did, I thought it'd be a bit sus if I put the headset on and all of that, they'd probably arrest me. So I've, I've raced to get outside. <laughs> It is amazing technology. So I'm standing here now. I'm looking at Caesar's Palace um, to my left. I've got Planet Hollywood to my right. I've got the giant Eiffel Tower restaurant in front of me. The fountain where they shot that great scene uh, in Ocean's Eleven is about to fire up again as well. It's an amazing place, Vegas. Um, and uh, I, I'm going to give Volandis and the Rugby League hierarchy a massive pat on the back even before Saturday night here in Vegas, Sunday Australian time. Uh, all to you for having the balls to <laughs> to try and pull yep. this off. It's incredible. Definitely is. After the fact, Vossi, how do you think you'll judge whether it was a success or not? Heels, I've, I've got to be honest. So I've only been on the ground since, uh, well, it was 6 o'clock uh, Vegas time yesterday. So, you know, I've been basically here for 36 hours. The biggest deal about this, now don't take this the wrong way, it won't matter the crowd on Saturday night. It, yes. it really won't, but it's still important. The big deal here is Rugby League is on Fox Sports 1 prime time on Saturday night. Every single bar, without exception, that you walk into has Fox Sports 1 on the sports yeah. screens, massive. Rugby League is basically ambushing prime time America on Saturday night. The game would not be shown here on Saturday night if it wasn't at Allegiant Stadium. So, you mean, it's like a means to an end. We had to go to a big venue. We couldn't just do it at, like, a university ground or whatever. It had to be big. They've done that. They're now on Fox Sports 1. That's the biggest takeout of this. The, the potential eyeballs on Saturday night American time is massive. And even if they just watch in for five, ten minutes, I think they're going to like what they see. So, they are getting both matches... It's the Fox League Australian coverage that they're getting. So we'll be doing our darndest to present our sport in the best possible light. Yeah. And as you know, back here, having only been there 36 hours, surely this is the most hyped round one that we've seen possibly in, oh. in, in league history. Well, Paddy, how do, how do we ever go back? How could we go back from doing <laughs> this to having the season opener at Cronulla or Penrith, with respect to those <laughs> lovely grounds. I mean, I, look, we're here for the next five years in Vegas. What's beyond that? Um, New York, is it Los Angeles? Is it is it Wembley? Is it Old Trafford? Is it Dubai? I mean, I can't imagine that we stop trying to get some sort of foothold in new markets. It's not about Americans playing rugby league. They've been brazen about it. We're after the, you know, the American punting dollar. First and foremost, 
uh, then get interest, get rugby league shown on TV over here every week. And in the course of five years, who knows what amount of revenue that it will have brought into the game. And that will be to everyone's benefit, to everyone's benefit. And Vossi, do you have an idea of how ex- how much they've spent so far and how expensive it is going to be over that time? Or I, I don't really mind because I'm with you. I think it's r- really courageous and, and well done. Yeah, well, that, it's impossible for me to estimate, uh, give an estimation, simply because it, I, I guess it's in American dollars. Every cent we spend here, accommodation, um, the setup. What I will tell you from the logistics side of it and the broadcast side, Uh, The Fox Sports American team could not have been any more helpful to their Australian uh, cousins, Um, even right down to the broadcast that we do on Sunday that you'll see will have the Super Bowl set that they used in America. We're using that set for our coverage. I mean, that's tremendous cooperation. Um, So we're we're thrilled about that. Um, But as for the actual cost, I mean, there's, there's nothing cheap in Vegas. Um, so just, like, I'll give you one thing, just to feed the players uh, what that bill would be over the course of a week, that would be enormous. Yep. The, the, the food bill would be enormous. Yeah, so, but, uh, I mean, they haven't announced, right, oh, it's $30 million we're putting into this. Mm. <clears throat> no, no, they haven't, no. And But I'd have to sit down with a pen and paper and probably take a, a guesstimate at all the different facets yeah. um, from, from travel and accommodation. Just moving around is difficult in Vegas. Um, you know, it's, it's, you can't get anywhere quickly. So, you know, you, you, you can hop into a cab and it looks like, like there's the sphere. Yeah. It only looks like it's five minutes away, but by cab it takes you 20 minutes. Yeah. And that, that thing, you know, uh, comes up. It, it's, it's, a, it's certainly a, a bustling city. Um, it's a colourful city. Um, and then by night, it's a spectacular city. And rugby league is part of that spectacular landscape, Vegas time, Saturday night this week. So have the teams got anything special planned or, or are they just in game mode now that they've all or are arriving in Vegas? <clears throat> oh, isn't what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas? Yeah. Can I let out any... Uh, <laughs> I understand... Well, Manly's been here the longest, so yeah. they were staying at um, Resorts World. Now, Resorts World is its own country. It's essentially <laughs> three hotels in one. It's huge. But the boys were given uh, a, a period of 24 hours or so to let their hair down, and they did that. Our listeners can work out what that may have been. Um, I, I heard a little rumour that down on the tables, playing blackjack when the Manly players first got here, was, uh, was Pat Mahomes and, and Travis Kelsey. And they had security guards all around them, so the Manly players couldn't get close, but they may have snuck a few photos of them. So I'm not sure whether they'll lob on social media somewhere, but... I think they've had a great time. Um, the other Australian teams, of course, haven't been based in Vegas, but now arriving in Vegas, I think they're going to love the experience. I really do think they understand the responsibility that they have too to show off our game. Yeah. Uh, and I'm I'm anticipating it won't be for the lack of trying if we don't get two absolutely sensational contests on Saturday night. Wouldn't it be good if both of them go down in the last five, ten minutes? That would be fantastic. Yeah, and wouldn't it be good if we see Tommy Turbow and Latrell just turn on one of their oh. best? Well, that's well, that's right. In the selection of the four teams, like I, I personally thought, well, you know, Penrith should have been there. Then I learned Penrith didn't even apply to come. Um, I think the Warriors should probably get here sooner rather than later, showing that we're more than just an Australian sport. You know, we're, we're representative out of New Zealand as well. But then when you see the superstars across all four teams, um, you know, there's some, there's, the Americans won't appreciate 
the draw card status of this, but but what if Tommy Turbo has a big night? What if Reese Walsh turns it on? Cody Walker, uh, um, you know, Latrell Mitchell, uh, James Tedesco. You know, we've got some pretty decent superstars of our game on show on Saturday night. Uh, they, carry, they carry with it a fair responsibility to, to show the game off, and I'm confident they can do it. Mm. Uh, what about the games, Fossey? Uh, yeah, South look a little bit, um, you know, under strength in their back line, but uh, how will they go and how do the Roosters line up against the Bronx? Oh, it, look, because I'm in Vegas, it's, <laughs> it's a flip of the coin, both. You know, it's a gamble, uh, both games. I, I couldn't confidently tip one way or the other in either game, to be honest, Heels. Yeah. I mean, uh, through my work through Fox League and the fan, I've been out and visited every club pre-season. I've seen them train. I've spoken to coaches. I've spoken to players. I came away... I do remember... I came away from Manly very impressed. Looked a very happy group. Um, Luke Brooks is the most interesting signing they've made in the off-season mm. uh, to partner Daly Cherry Evans. I think Manly's in for a, you know, a, a decent year and may get off to a winning start against the Rabbitohs. And the Roosters and the Broncos... Um, I love what Kevy did with the Broncos. He made them watch the grand final back. I, I, I don't mind that, but he made them watch back in the context of if we ever get in that position again, here's what we don't do, yeah. what did, where did we go wrong. I don't mind that they put it to bed. They gave it some closure. Um, the, the Broncos, I know they've had a little bit of drama off-season, uh, but I, they also seemed a, a pretty resolute uh, group uh, and will move on from the grand final quickly and and know what they're capable of. I, I think a very good year for Brisbane coming up. So I'm thinking maybe a winning start against the Roosters here in Vegas. Yeah, that's the way the bookies are talking over here, mate. And you're right, you know, they've lost three key forwards and they've lost uh, Farnworth, who's, you know, one of their outstanding backs. But it looks like they've plugged the holes really well. Bossy, uh, appreciate your time, as always. And uh, great calling. Hey, will, will your call go on the on the US networks? Yeah, yeah, it will. Oh, that's yeah, awesome. So, I'm, so I'm blown away from it. I, but, Paddy, I'm blown away by the fact I'm talking to you walking down Las Vegas Boulevard <laughs> right now. I mean, it's like, how did we get here? I, I still can't believe it. Is this a dream? Rugby League <laughs> opening the season in Vegas. And we're here for the next four years after this one. So to every fan listening at the moment, if you can, save your pennies, put it on your bucket list. I can tell you there's about 20,000 Australians here already who are having a ball in the build-up to the big uh, the big doubleheader. Yeah. And whatever happens in Vegas, Vossi stays on Fox Sports. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be no- As if Matty Johns or a Fletch or a Heine could get in any trouble. Come on. That's exactly <laughs> right. On. No way in the world. Vossi, appreciate your time. Enjoy the trip, mate. It's going to be one for, one for the record books. Thanks, Vossi. Giddy up, boys. Giddy up. This is a pretty cool one, Hills. My dad sat next to the Bledisloe Cup on a flight from New Zealand to Brisbane back in the mid-90s. It had its own seat in business class. Well, it needs it. It's so big. Uh, that was back in the glory days when the Wallabies would actually beat the All Blacks. Amen. <laughs> Thank you for that. Uh, now, I did promise you some Tay-Tay uh, news. Yes. Um, it turns out that she's become a real favourite with the Kansas City Chiefs fans, not only because uh, uh, she's dating Travis Kelsey, uh, but uh, Andy Reid, coach of the uh, the Super Bowl-winning Chiefs, has revealed that uh, no Tay-Tay, who would obviously travel with her own chefs and all that sort of thing, uh, likes, to get, uh, likes to get her hands on. I didn't worry about it. I, I knew her dad and her mom, and I had met her when she was young. Since the uh, queen has passed away, she might be the most famous woman in the world. I right? don't disagree uh, yeah. with you. You're right. Yeah. She's so grounded for who she is. Yeah. I think it's a great escape for her. 
where she can come in and she sincerely enjoys the games. Yeah. And kind of behind the scenes, she uh, you know she likes to cook, so she made the offensive linemen these homemade pop tarts. Oh, wow! So it was over. What right, was Taylor <laughs> Swift? Yeah. homemade yeah. pop tarts. Yeah, so it was over. She knew right where to go. The right to go. Yeah. You didn't get one. Did you? They yeah. closed the rest of the it's team. Over. Right. Did they it's give you one? You know, she didn't give me one. I'm like, <laughs> damn. And the offensive linemen definitely didn't, didn't give me one. <laughs> right. The I don't know how she's going. If the coach hasn't got a Pop-Tart, a Taylor Swift Pop-Tart. And the other one that Jack sent me to, so the final games of the Spanish soccer season, They, what happens, all 10 games traditionally scheduled to kick off simultaneously on the Sunday, just like in the Premier League. However, Real Madrid this year have requested their final game breaks from that tradition and is played on the Saturday to accommodate Taylor Swift's arrival so they can get the stadium ready for Taylor Swift. So yeah, so so basically, she's got. Yeah, she is probably the most powerful woman in the world. One of the most powerful people in the world, right at the moment. Well, the option is to not play the game. That's what she told Tucker. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, one of the biggest football clubs on the planet <laughs> is moving their game because Tay-Tay's arriving. Mate, we take two weeks to get our stadium to ready, don't we? Mm. For Tay-Tay or Ed Sheeran on your farewell at Suncorp, on your <laughs> retirement lunch. Yeah. It was weeks before Ed. And, and they're they doing it, it in ready. the afternoon. Yeah. Oh, they're getting it ready. Oh, what's happening <laughs> uh, at the Basin Reserve, Hills? I see you've been texting your old mate Ian Smith, who's on the commentary team over there. Yeah, I got caught up with that soccer stuff. Um, <laughs> they're bowling too short. See, they just hit Steve Smith in the back hip there as he let one go. It's They need to challenge the knee roll of the pad on this wicket. This is the wicket that Smithy really wanted. It's a green wicket which will offer sideways movement. The seam will grab the grass, but it won't bounce too high because it's not super hard. And and so now they, they've got to pitch it up like they did there. Southie went big, wide outswinger, and Smith's playing the shot at it and played it well. So Smith Smith's looking more convincing than Usman. Usman at the moment is standing on the crease and just watching the nibble, and it's very close to his off stump, the plenty of the balls that he's letting go. So he needs to get going a little more like Smith. And, and you'll be able to hear the uh, tour of New Zealand live on SENQ, 6.93am and on the SEN app. Brisbane's home of sport. Uh, we'll head live to the first test at the Basin Reserve from 9 o'clock this morning, so you'll be able to hear it in the car as you're moving around or in the office right the way through this morning. But, yes, uh, Steve Smith has been the primary run scorer. We're none for 17. We're in the seventh over, Southie bowling that. Usman, uh, 2 of 20. Smith, 13 of 20. And Australia, none for 17. Uh, we're going to have uh, another special guest on the show very shortly. It's one of our elite track cycling stars. I know you spoke to... Um, Matty Richardson the other yep. day, yeah, because uh, we've got the, uh, the the track cycling titles here at the Anamia's Velodrome uh, coming up May 1 through May 5. You're going to see all the you very sure it's May or March? March, I meant May. Yeah, it's yes, tomorrow. Also. It starts yes. tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Exactly mm-hmm. right. So it kicks off tomorrow right the way through. But, yes, you're right. Thanks for picking that up. Mm-hmm. None. For- I'm thinking of going out there to just suss out that Velodrome. Have you been there? No. It's- I drive past it when I go to the dump. Yeah. Okay. We have got tickets to give away. Well, actually... Aye, aye, aye. I'll have them. No, what about our <laughs> listeners? 
What you, well, don't tell them. We've got some double passes to give away. Uh, this is March 1, so from tomorrow at the Anamia's Velodrome out there at the Sleeman Centre, it's the National Track Cycling Champion, so you'll see all our Olympic hopefuls and uh, Olympians. Uh, two double passes to give away right now, and it is the Suncorp Home Resilience Open Line, 13, 13 55. If you'd like to go out there and watch some world-class cycling. Uh, they'd, we'd love to help you out with it. Mm. Well, you can text us this morning as well if you've got any thoughts on uh, a lot that's happening in in rugby league. Cricket, of course, the test has started. Australia none for 17 after being sent in at the Basin Reserve in Wellington. Uh, you can text us 0467 736 736. Chandler yeah. in Stadiums, Queensland? Yes. Right. Has Cathy got a corporate box out at the velodrome? <laughs> I don't know. I, don't, I haven't asked her to tell you the truth. <laughs> well, if you wouldn't mind, if Jack runs out of tickets here, I wouldn't mind a couple on, you know, it might be Tuesday. See, they've now got an LBW shout against Smith because they did pitch it up, nipped it back, hit him a little high. <laughs> um, to my darling sister, if you're listening, there you go. I don't know what what the arrangements are out there, but the Hills would like to go out and watch the cycling. Um, might have a little swim at halftime. We're going to speak to one of our... Chandler Pool. <laughs> we are going to speak. Or you can try. What about the, the ski jumps? <laughs> well, of course. <laughs> yeah, of no, course. You'll no hope on that. That's ten metre tower. Oh. I might do a little ten metre bomber. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, we've got one of our elite sprinters coming up right after the news, and that's coming up right now. Uh, with we uh, we've got the national titles heading to Anima Anamia's Velodrome as of tomorrow. It's home track for our very next guest, uh, Christina Clement, joining us now. One of our elite cyclists. One of our very, very best sprinters. Uh, but Christina, and I know you're a local, you love this track, you're Sunshine Coast girl, but you are one of those rare cycling beasts that have gone from endurance to sprinting, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. Hi, good morning. How are you going? Good. Um, yeah, yeah, Sunny Coast local. And uh, yeah, I did, didn't make the transition after the 2020 Olympic Games. Uh, you just missed out there. Didn't you? And what what was the qualifying that you just missed out, and how close were you in endurance? Yeah, so I was part of the women's track endurance squad. Um, just missed out there, so I was uh, first reserve for the mm. Tokyo Olympic Games. Uh, I was then kind of left with the choice of uh, what I was going to do and where I was going to go. The um, the kind of the way that the system worked at the time is that I wouldn't be offered another contract, so I really had to think about my options and um, I was given an opportunity with Sprint and then uh, went went there. And you've been untouchable virtually uh, ever since the Sprint, the care <laughs> and the time trial. You've made it your own, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, it's been good. <laughs> and see, what I wanted to know, though, in the times that I have spoken to Anna, you, cycl- you sprinters are a, are a rare breed. She said, look, I can go 500 faster than anyone in the world, but... I, I fall off at 501 metres. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a little bit like that. It's a very niche skill set. So we spend a lot of our time uh, in the gym building muscle to be able to pedal the bike um, fast and then we, we do some track efforts as well. But kind of the way I explain it to people is it's kind of like we're weightlifters that put our, put our power through a bike. Mm. Yeah, and Patty said it was, it was rare. Your your transfer from endurance to to sprint is it rare or is it is it done bef- like, like a lot? 
Um, we have seen it done a little bit. It's probably, I, I, I wouldn't say it's common, um, but yeah, there is some people that have uh, successfully been able to transition. We look at Elise Andrews from New Zealand. She made the transition as well. Um, yeah, definitely not, not an easy transition. It's probably easier to transfer the other way, but um, yeah, I, uh, I saw an opportunity and um, kind of went went with it. <laughs> Yeah, well yeah. and Anna, when I speak to her, she can break down what you do in the gym to the, all the science of it. It's fascinating about how much you can generate through the power of your legs. Yeah, absolutely. And that's kind of what we train on a day-to-day basis. So we're in the gym, we're, um, you know, pushing huge weights, um, you know, making our you know, backs and core and, and legs all strong to be able to hold ourselves up on the bike. Mm. And uh, do you do you uh, measure regularly your progress in strength? Um, like, for example, would you know now your vertical jump, like uh, you know when you are starting out? Yeah, I know. Um, I know Anna did a. It's a bit of an iconic. SBS thing that she did um, where she did a vertical jump and I think it just kind of gave light on the power and to see that in you know, a height was a pretty phenomenal. But, um, I mean, I probably wouldn't know my vertical jump, but we do have metrics to be able to track it for sure. Okay. But but to our listeners, have you got any metric that you could tell them, well, I do this or Anna does that? What? How high was that vertical jump? Ah. <sighs> Couldn't tell you, but I, I can tell you that I'm squatting. So I mean, a lot of people do a basic movement as a squat. Yeah. So at the moment, I'm squatting about 140 kilos. Oh boy, oh boy. <laughs> that's, that's very that's impressive. Heavier than pain harsh on your back. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, that's good because I love trying to trying to equate top level athletes with with a normal person, you know, um, and and the, a vertical jump. It's a measure of what you can touch on a wall, but how high your feet are off the ground. Is that is that what a vertical jump measurement is? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. So, it, yeah, it's an awesome – and you look at some of the basketballers or, you know, some, some sports that they're just phenomenal at it, but uh... – yeah. What what about body type for you? Like going from uh, endurance to sprinting, you've bulked up, I suppose, in quads and lower body. Is that a difference to what you had before? Yeah, absolutely. So um, when I was an enduro to uh, to when I'm a sprint rider now, I'm sitting about seven kilos difference in body weight. And that body that difference in body weight is coming from muscle mass. So it looks very different on me, um, you know, and to see those muscles grow and to see kind of um, the the journey that I've been on has been a little bit confronting at times, but um, I mean, overall, I'm, I'm really proud of it. Mm. Yeah, that's right. And I mean, with this switch around, I mean, your reinvention, it's just been spectacular because as I said, you've been virtually untouchable. Now, where, where do these titles sit on your Olympic journey? How important are they for you to perform well over the next few days at, uh, out there at Chandler? And, and, then what, and then I know you've got Nations Cup. And apart from that, there's not a whole heap left, is there, before you go to Paris? Yeah, yeah. So we have been on a bit of a point. So to get into the Olympic Games, we need to get points. Uh-huh. So I'm, I'm not sure how other sports work, but how cycling works is uh, we need to qualify the nation. And uh, we do that by going to Nations Cups and getting 
uh, you know, these much needed points. So uh, I guess Nationals is an opportunity for us to ride on a really good velodrome. So the Animes Velodrome is fantastic to ride on. I always get so excited to come back and ride on it. Um, and then we are able to go to Nations Cup. So aside from that, so Nationals is probably more of a selection piece than yep. it is a points piece. And um, from there we go to Nations Cups and then we actually qualify the nation. Okay, I've, I've got you. Now, there would be, I would imagine, a burning within this team because Tokyo wasn't great for our track cycling squad, was it? Look, it could have been better. Um, but, yes, I, th- I think what you're about to say, there is a burning desire to, to change that around. Um, it's very exciting, the way that I'm looking at it. We've got the – so I, I trained day in, day out with the men's team sprint. Mm-hmm. They were world champions, former world champions, uh, and it's really them versus the Dutch at the moment. So uh, we're hoping to come away with an Olympic gold medal for them. Uh, and then for me, it's it's an exciting opportunity in Sprint and Kieran to um, to be able to show what we can do and showcase the progress we've made from Tokyo, really. Yeah, and being, well, the main problem with Tokyo was that you weren't there. And so, <laughs> exactly right. Now, what about uh, what? What is your schedule over the next uh, five days? How many you know heats and and whatever races have you got to complete? Yeah, so at national, so the national championships, I'm racing uh, everything, which will be very busy. Um, but yeah, so we've got the Kieran racing tomorrow. We then go into sprint the next day. We've got the 500 meter time trial. I then think we have a day off, and then we go into team sprint on the Tuesday. What's the most exciting to go and watch if I was going to go out one day and try to catch you on the velodrome? I mean, I'm incredibly biased because I think track cycling is a fantastic sport to watch. It's fast, it's fun, um, you know, and you see a range of different races and formats. So the way that it works with us and the boys at the moment is, uh, you know, the day that I race sprint, boys race Kieran and, and vice versa. Okay. So you'll get a range of different races to to come and watch. On well, any day. Mm, yeah, so righto. to the uninitiated who are listening to this, and we're giving away some tickets to the Nationals uh, at, in the show, what would your top speed be uh, towards the end of a sprint? Yeah, so we might get up to like 60, 65, 67 Ks an hour. Boy. <laughs> On a slope. <laughs> <laughs> And and is you know anyway you, you it was easy it, was that always easy to control you know going from road cycling and longer distance to that yeah it, it definitely takes a little bit of coordination okay. to be able to handle a bike at at you know around, like just just touching on that seventy k an hour. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's scary. Hey, Christina, great to chat, and uh, yeah, we're, we're encouraging as many as I uh, can get out there because it is it is just a spectacular sport to watch. It's 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 stunning to watch, and they don't realise how big that slope is just before you head in, head down to the main straight, do they? No, yeah, and each each track is different. So, um, you know, we're we're working at angles about you know forty. 46, 47 degrees. So, yeah, it's, it's got quite a slope on it. And we're, we're in the lounge room going, what's she doing? Like, <laughs> what, what about studies, uh, Christina? Do you put them on hold? You are doing a degree uh, or you have been doing a degree at Griffith? 
Yeah, so I've, I've graduated, which, oh, um, which was a nice little feat to tick off. Uh, but yeah, I was at the Griffith University uh, and I was working closely with the um, athlete program there. So Naomi McCarthy, who's uh, OAM, she does. Um, she was in water polo yeah. in the 2000 Olympics off the top of my head. Um, she has a great athlete program, so I was able to work with her and uh, be able to kind of juggle, juggle the two. Well done. Well yeah. done. Yeah, formerly Naomi Castle. Um, she is. You're right. I've I've worked with her a little bit before. She is fantastic. Hey, Christina, we're going to let you go. We really appreciate your time today. You've got a busy few days coming up, and we're encouraging all our listeners. If you've got a bit of spare time, get out there to the Velodrome, to Anamia's Velodrome out at Chandler. You're going to love watching these superstars perform, and all the best in an Olympic year. Obviously, thanks, Christina. Absolutely. Thank you so much, guys. We're back and we're powered by Kubota. Take on any job with Kubota's mowers, tractors and their land pride attachments. Um, very quickly, from the Basin Reserve, it's none for 27. Uh, Smith has been certainly the dominant, 17. Uh, it was when starting to play a couple of shots now, but, uh, yeah, he's 8 or 38, so he's been a bit sluggish. They've done a lot of hard work and New Zealand want them playing shots. It's when the wicket's flat and nothing mm. much is happening, you don't want them playing shots at you. But right now, they need to encourage it more. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Muzz has been hanging on the line for a while. Um, Muzz, are you there? G'day, uh, gents. How are you? I'm good, mate. Well, What's thanks, happening? Mate. Hey, thanks for that uh, interview with Christina. There. I, I remember years ago watching one of those athletes do a vertical jump from the footpath onto the actual roof of a VW. Yeah. That was the power they had in regard to... <laughs> It was, you know, it, was, it was incomprehensible that a human being could be able to do that, but, yeah, it was unbelievable. And and it's a rounded rounded roof too. There's balance that required yeah, at the yeah, end. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, um, uh, just quickly, um, thanks for Daryl's trivia there, Sergeant Pepper's unique album, mainly because it, they never released a single off the album. Oh, really? There we go. Yeah. See, which, is, which is unheard of. And with all our Tay-Tay mentions today, we're becoming a music show, aren't we? We're just sort of spreading the tentacles. Well, it's entertainment, Paddy. S E N entertainment. <laughs> exactly right, Buzz. What, what was that V Dub doing there? Why? Why were they doing vertical jumps onto that? I think I think it was just a demonstration outside the person's house. Actually, I reckon it was up like Wide World of Sports or something like that. If you mean it, it yeah. just sticks in the mind. Yeah, right. Eh? Oh, okay, all right. Yeah, they, the, they are incredible. Yeah, the the weights that they hey, move around yeah. in the gym, etc., are amazing. Yeah, and finally on the football, I assume that they're, uh, they'll be installing the uh, Australian Soul goalposts. Yeah, well, I saw a, a version of them at training in the background of the Broncos. They, they weren't perfect, yeah. But, but, yeah, yeah, you'd yeah, think no, so. Yeah, they've got them made. Yeah. How, how do you think the Roosters are going to go this year? I mean, you know, have they got the Broncos covered? Oh, well, well, I'm hopeful on the weekend, if you know what I mean. I'm sort of, you know, the two great sides, so it's a lucky dip. Yeah. yeah. All right, Buzz. Thanks for the call, mate. Appreciate it. Thanks, Lance. Thanks, mate. Cuzzy, uh, cricket will be fun at Windy Wellington today. The longest penalty goal in rugby union test history was kicked by French fullback Pierre Villepreux, 70 yards with a massive tailwind in 1968. There we go, a little yeah. bit of fun well, fact. I, Thank I, you, I remember I sat at Athletic Park where, where they play their rugby, real steep stands after 68, obviously. Mm. It was in 83 that I was there. We went up the back of the one of the high stands. Oh, my goodness. It was windswept and felt dangerous. I was a little bit distressed too. I'm running. I'm running second last in the Corey Mile tipping competition, but then I realised it's in alphabetical order, <laughs> <laughs> and we haven't really started. Uh, 
<laughs> so, but, uh, yeah, we're part of the uh, celebrity tipping again this year, Heels, going up against the likes of the Prime Minister, Gordy Tallis, Corey Parker, SEN's own Corey Parker, Cooper Cronk. Uh, so don't miss our super coach tips. Uh, .com.au, selections in the Courier Mail on a Thursday there. Then I'm going Bunnies and I'm going Bronx, of course. I've got a real dilemma now. What? I submitted Manly. And Broncos. Yeah, there's controversy. But it's in the paper as Rabbitohs. Now, I don't want to change in case the the Rabbitohs win. I'm going to have to go with the Courier here. Yeah. Okay, well, you'll be 2-0 up by the end of the weekend. And the same as you. Yeah. Don't forget, uh, right after the show this morning, we will cross to the Basin Reserve on 693 SENQ AM and the SEN app for the Test Match. Uh, They've started Australia rolling along at none for 27 after losing the toss and being sent in.